of my face and other parts of my body. And all I could think was, God, I, don't let me die like this. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Hey, welcome back to another Humanly Possible. I am very excited to be here with Orlando Bowen, who's a former IT consultant and, and and I say this in all capitals, and a professional athlete who breathes, breathes life in order to make a difference. And I can tell you in person, I've had a conversation with Orlando and it was mind-blowing. It, it was one of those conversations I've never uh, forgotten. And so when I started my podcast, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to get Orlando on here. Come, come, come any way I can. Um, he's, to- he's a highly sought after uh, inspirational speaker who empowers young leaders to eliminate the us versus them mentality. And his mission is to equip people to get off the sidelines and be game changers for themselves and others. Um, and so I'm, I'm so excited to have you here, man. <laughs> Brian, I, you know, I'm not a betting person, but if I were, I would bet that I'm perhaps a little bit more excited than you are to be on the show, man. Thank you so much for the invite. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd love to just get, get right in. Um, we had this incredible conversation. You've had an incredible life. Um, and the way that you think your mentality is what, what kind of got me, got me to come home and tell my family about it. And so, uh, I'd love for everybody to, to just understand you and know you. Um, and if, if they don't know you, what, um, what, what we could tell them. And, and let's start off with this. What are, what is a, a shift? Uh, this is all about shifts in life. Yeah. You've had shifts in your life. Yeah, sure. uh, what's a shift in your life that stands out that, that, um, that really made a difference? Yeah, well, you know, there, there was a, there are a couple. I'm going to go to one that we spoke of, um, you know, in a certain degree of depth, depth when we met um, and wanted to also say that the conversation that, that you and I had was also something that I went back and told my wife and kids about too. So I just, I wanted to say how much I appreciate you and the work that you're doing in terms of helping people navigate. Um, so, you know, uh, I came to North America as an immigrant from Jamaica, came when I was three years old, grew up in inner city. Um, you know, my parents worked really hard to try to create opportunities and to try to help us as the next generation um, to level up and to do things that uh, perhaps they would never have access to back in Jamaica. So in, in doing so, you know, my, my dad was working three jobs. My mom was working full-time, going to school full-time. And I ended up spending a lot more time with my grandparents. And I remember as they would encourage me and my, and, and my cousins to uh, do our best, they would always talk about like, you know, Brian, you want to be your best and, and raise the bar. But as you raise the bar, make sure you raise the floor too so that more people can reach the bar. Right. So even as we were trying to be our best, even as we were trying to capitalize on the opportunities presented, there was an understanding that there was another generation or another set of eyes looking at us as what was possible. Um, So this spirit of wanting to give back and contribute and being 
um, part of community has always been not just something talked about, but demonstrated and modeled in, in our household. Um, I had a number of opportunities uh, in terms of playing organized sports, football, basketball. I ended up getting a football scholarship to Northern Illinois University, home of the Huskies, and uh, where I played hard, studied hard. Um, when I graduated uh, with a, the second time, I started working in IT as a consultant in Chicago. And then had an amazing opportunity to return to the Toronto area to, to give back and to serve community. And that service opportunity came through um, the sport of football. So the ch- opportunity was to be a professional athlete. And uh, the one question I asked the recruiter was, will I have a chance to serve in community? And he said, yes. So I said yes, took a leave of absence and immediately started serving. Um, as I was serving, and, and just I got involved in, I was looking for opportunities to give back, you know, same heart as yours, Ryan, just like, how can I help others? So I was training police and racial sensitivity. I was working with homeless youth, uh, newcomer families, sick kids, etc. And uh, really passionate about doing that and figuring out how I could help to raise the bar and raise the floor. And as I was doing that and going into my fifth uh, season as a professional athlete, I signed a contract extension and uh, was excited to go out and meet up with my teammates and, and go downtown and celebrate. And I got to the meetup location first and um, I had two guys, you know, approach me as I was standing outside my vehicle and they're like, hey, you got any drugs? And I looked at them. I'm like, no. And I, you know, I went, I was on the phone at the time. I went back to my phone call. Well, long story short, these guys are both armed with guns and they came up on me. They grabbed me. And they were trying to wrestle me, wrestle me down to the ground. And they started to beat me and beat me until the skin on my head split. And I was face down on the pavement and I could feel the blood running out of my face and other parts of my body. And all I could think was, God, I, don't let me die like this. I got, I've got so much in me to give. Like, not like this. And at the time of the assault, um, my wife and I had one son. He was a year old and she was pregnant with our second. And all I could think was, I just want to see my family again. And in that moment, I felt like that wasn't going to be uh, my reality. To make a, a, a long story short, it ended up that the two guys I was being assaulted by happened to be two corrupt undercover police officers who also happened to work for the police force that I trained in racial sensitivity and for whom I was their community spokesperson. and. Um, I work with, worked and work to this day with so many amazing officers who stand up for community that I knew that, you know, once they realized that I was, you know, someone working with them and working to try to make a difference, I knew that someone was going to stand up and say, hey, I think we made a mistake. Hey, I think we need to fix this. Um, but the reality, Brian, was that uh, no one did. And um, I was taken to jail. A huge cover-up began. So in you know, I was taken from the scene to jail. Um, it turned out that they were two undercover guys. And um, then while I was in the jail cell, uh, they went back to the scene and planted drugs at my car and charged me with assault, resisting arrest, and possession of a controlled substance. So you talk about a shift, a shift in, in you know, that uh, the injuries I sustained ended my football career. I was severely concussed. And the charges 
that were laid on me challenged everything that I'd come back to Canada to do in terms of serving community. Um, so um, th- there, was, there was a real shift in terms of uh, perspective, right, in terms of uh, my vantage point, first of all, but also a galvanizing shift in terms of the need to be a catalyst towards bringing people together and doing some of the things that you mentioned in your introduction. You, so as I'm sitting here listening to your story, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of blood boiling a little bit and, and, uh, makes me feel, um, uh, I don't even know, I don't even have words. Um, it's, and, and yet you just mentioned that you saw a shift of how you could see something different out of this. Did you see it immediately or did, were you? Where you you must have been angry at first, and then you shifted eventually. Uh, how do you how did how did that perspective come about? Well, the immediate feeling, Brian, was shock. Right, I was like, how like how is this how is this possible? Right, and I know that things you know that things happen, um, but the immediate feeling was like this makes absolutely no sense. I'm the spokesperson. I had just toured. The, uh, the, the courthouse as a special guest of a judge and a superintendent of police walking through the facility, going underneath to the holding cells and thinking, wow, this you never want to be under here. And now here I find myself as a prisoner in that same space. I was just like, this, this is absolutely unbelievable. And, and all I could think was there has to be a reason that, that I don't understand. Because otherwise, the level of irony is just is too significant. Um, so, like, if, like I was in shock. Uh, you know, the, the night it happened, they ha- they kept me in the jail cell overnight, denied me medical attention, denied me the opportunity to call anyone. Um, so, at one point, I thought I was going to die in there, right? Because my my I was I didn't know what was going. On. My face was busted up. My um, and. Uh, I thought that my skull might actually be, you know, like it was, it was bad. Um, but the thing that shifted it for me, Brian, was when I was at the hospital. So I go to court, I, I get released on, on bail. My wife is like, she's bawling her eyes out when she sees my face. We get to the hospital and the nurse looks at me and she says, what happened to you? And I look at my wife and I'm like, I say to her, there's no way the nurse is going to believe like what happened. So I turned to the nurse and I said, I got jumped. And the nurse looks at me. She had a clipboard in her hand. She looks up over her glasses and she says, oh, by who? The police? And then she looks back at her notes. And so I was offended by that statement. I said, why would you say that? And she said, well, I see it often. But usually it's teenagers or newcomers or people who don't speak English well. You don't really fit the, the bill. And I, when she said that, Brian, I thought about all the groups that I had been working with. I thought about you know, Kwame and his parents that had just come from uh, West Africa. I thought about um, Mario, whose parents had come from South America. I thought about Janice, who is a new immigrant. And, and all I could think was, what if this was one of them? In this exact scenario, what chance would they have? And in that moment, I began to realize that it, this whole thing wasn't about me. It was bigger than me. And it was about being able to find hope so that we could give hope to people who find themselves in situations where they would argue that they shouldn't have hope. 
Mm. Perspective is everything, isn't it? Um, and, and I'm curious how you shifted, if you shifted your perspective of those two cops. Well, interesting that you asked. Thank you for asking that. In, while I was um, in the uh, courtroom, so now we're, because I'm, on these, I'm up on these charges, I've got to go to court. I read what they would say, that they said they would say. And I kept saying to my attorney, they're not going to say that because that, that's not what happened. They're not going to take an oath on the Bible to tell the truth and say that because that's not the truth. And I had this, like, this hope, this like hope in humanity, right? And um, true to form, they, they didn't share exactly what was on what they said they would say, but they shared other things that were untrue. And I remember the words of my grandmother saying, hurt people, hurt other people. And as I was sitting there listening to them testify, all I could think was, what kind of pain must he have been through to allow him the capacity to do that to another human being? Because, Brian, we're not designed to, to hate. We're not designed to try to tear each other down. Those are learned behaviors. So all I could think was, what kind of pain must he have been through? And I felt this deep sense of sorrow for him because I couldn't imagine what would bring another uh, human being to that place to do that to somebody else. Mm. To not allow that, uh, that in, to be able to uh, have empathy for the actual person who just uh, inflicted this on you is, um, is it's kind of a, a, a higher self has to, be, has to be present in order to be that way. And, mm. and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, out there right now that that are you know even in in this time in the pandemic they're they're like how you know what did I do wrong right. what what why what if I did something better what if I what if should all these things and yeah. and so I'm I'm curious how did you uh, then come to terms with with that and how did that play out for you that that you you said okay I'm 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 going to give myself to the process because somehow this is all going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. So like we had, you know, strong belief that it would work itself out, even though like it seemed like the odds were stacked against that being the reality, um, you know, but we would we would you know, meditate on that, pray on that. And, um, you know, what some would consider a strange turn of events. We got six weeks before what we were scheduled to get the verdict and the arresting officer in our in my case was himself arrested by the equivalent of the FBI for trafficking cocaine. Uh, and they found 17 kilos of, of cocaine at his, at his home. And, um, you know, when he was arrested and charged, um, it wasn't made public, uh, but uh, the, the Crown, so the DA's office or the Crown attorney, um, called, not knowing that I knew about the charges. I knew about the charges because of our contact in media. And uh, so they call and and they said, hey, Orlando, um, you're such a good guy. Um, This court stuff gets messy. We don't want your name to get dragged through the mud. Why don't you just let us drop the charges? Everyone could just go home and be happy. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I'd rather be wrongfully convicted versus striking a deal on that premise. And and her response was, fine, this was your chance. You're going down and she hung up the phone. And, And for me, it was just reflecting on you know, like what, like, what do you believe to be your truth in terms of what's possible? You know, I, I'm a firm believer that we won't be given more than we can bear, right? And uh, maybe that means, you know, 
asking for folks to help sh- shoulder the burden with you versus trying to do it on your own. We sure enough didn't make it through it on our own, Brian. We had people who, even when they asked us, how are you doing? And I looked at them and I said, we're good. You know, we'll be all right. They were looking us in the eyes. They looked me in the eyes and they said, you know what? We brought some food for you anyways. You know what? I found a couple of extra hundred bucks laying around the house for you anyways, even though you, you're saying you're good. And there are people who cared about us that sought to provide for us. Now, we're experiencing something on a global scale, right? That's challenging everybody, right? In our situation, it was just like, oh, my gosh, look, our lives have totally shifted. But when we look out, everyone's just going on with their daily lives as as if nothing has happened, right? Because nothing has happened for them. Now we're in this shared, you know, human experience where we're being challenged to find that hope. We're being challenged to look for what's going to be possible and what's going to be positive going going through this. And we're committed to growing through this because it's not just about getting through it. And I know it's difficult to see sometimes. We've been there. I know what you lost our job, lost income, lost what some people consider friends, lost a lot. Um, And even in all of that, Brian, we found blessings. There are people like you that are willing to put your hand up to say, how can I help? How can I amplify stories that will help other people find purpose and find hope? And that's what we found. And we hung on to those type of individuals and, and, and together we made it through. Oh, man, that is, uh, that, that's what, that's what we need right now for sure. And I'm, I, I'm curious, um, just to put a period on it, how did everything turn out? How did, how, how, how did it all land for you? Yeah, thank you. So the officer that was arrested, he was convicted, sentenced to go to prison for five years, eight months. I was acquitted in in my case, and uh, we then filed a civil lawsuit to settle out of court years later. Um, When the officer went to prison, people were excited. They came and they're like, yes, we let's celebrate. The guy, he stole your career. He almost destroyed your family. Let's celebrate. And I said, absolutely not, because the man that's going off to prison is a father just like I am. I'm not going to celebrate someone else's pain. His family is going to have to bear the brunt of that as well, that missing link. I'm not going to celebrate that. But, Brian, what I will do is do everything I can with what I have, with whatever energy I have, whatever resources I have to help people understand that they can get through challenging times, that their life matters, that their voice matters, and that we're in this thing together. Even though I may not know you as an individual, I care about you because we're all part of this family that is humanity. So I have a responsibility to show up and, and to, to serve in a way that, that gives hope, even when it may seem like there's no reason to have hope. I, I feel like we're in church right now. That was just so powerful. <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting here like forgetting that we're actually on a podcast and I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Let's go. Let's go there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, we could all use use a little uh, uh, Orlando in our life, you know? Um, thank you. Uh, I, I just want to cl- kind of close this out on one one final question of what the... Um, what what was the shift that now impacted your your life? What what are you going to be doing with all of this? Yeah. So one of the things that I did during the process was, as I started to you know feel this sense of uh, sorrow for the the officers as they were testifying, I wrote a letter of forgiveness to them, and in that I communicated that you know we're in this game together, this game of life, we're in it together, right? And uh, there really is no us and them. There's only us. 
right? So in terms of what we've done with that, we uh, we wanted to help uh, other people understand that there's this only us, right? There's no us and them. When one loses, we all lose, right? Um, so we launched a youth leadership charity called One Voice, One Team. And uh, One Voice, One Team Youth Leadership Organization. And it's all about empowering and equipping young people to see beyond their current circumstances so that they could use their gifts, talents, and lived experiences, some which don't often seem like a gift, but they are upon reflection, to use all of that to make a difference in someone else's life. And in that, we grow together. In that, we expand on what's possible together. And in that, we chart a path that not only raises the bar, but raises the floor for those that are coming behind us and that are walking alongside us. So I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to connect with you, to your listeners. Um, It's great to see you again, even though, you know, I can't give you a hug or a high five like I want to, but I just, I want to say thank you for the opportunity and, and keep up the phenomenal work that you do. Oh, thank you, man. Um, we're going to get this out to as many people as possible because I think the shifts that, uh, that you made, your perspective and uh, your voice is is just one of those those things that you just have to you have to learn from. Um, we can all learn from. So I really appreciate you. Appreciate you as well, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.